It's time for Horrenda's Agenda, Bill's reflections on sports and life. And welcome to another edition of Horrenda's Agenda. This one with a Sacramento native. He is a PGA Tour caddy. He's worked for Hunter Mayan. Kevin Sutherland, another Sacramento guy, Chris Riley, and Mark Kalkavecchia. He currently is the caddy for Matt Kuchar. John Wood, welcome to Horrendous Agenda. Thanks, Bill. Well, John, we've got to start with, of course, the Open Championship. Can you please describe the emotion uh, of Matt Kuchar on 13 when you guys get the lead, speed bogeys, there's the long delay and what have you, uh, what was that feeling like? And we all know what happened, how Spieth just went bananas down the stretch. But what was the emotion like at that moment? You know, it was, pretty, it was a crazy situation. I don't think either of us, major or not, have ever experienced something where you kind of stand around for a half hour while you're playing around. Um, Matt, say, Matt is very calm, very cool and collected. So there was no sense of, of panic or, you know, why do anything different? We just there's nothing we could do about it. There's nothing Jordan could do about it. So we just waited it out and chatted and told some stories. And uh, you know we were, we were I think we were both probably thinking we'd come out of that hole with at least a two shot lead. Uh, so when Jordan made the the five from where he was, um, you know we walked out with a one shot lead, which was great, but uh, still wasn't wasn't enough. Obviously after what Jordan did after that. Now he speed goes birdie eagle birdie birdie par to win the tournament by three strokes. Is that kind of an easier defeat than if, you know, you had squandered it or different circumstances, you just got to kind of tip your hat to a competitor and and move on? We all know, John, right, how tough it is to win major championships, but is this perhaps an easier way to lose it because the guy just really, uh, again, was incendiary down the stretch? I suppose so. It's hard to it's hard to think that way so close to it. I think probably once we, we get some space on it and some time away from it, uh, we'll feel like that. But but right now it stings pretty bad still. Just you know five holes to go and you've got a lead at the Open Championship. Uh, no matter how it goes away, um, it's going to hurt. But yeah, I, I suppose you know Matt really didn't do anything wrong, and Jordan uh, just caught fire at the right time, and and uh, it's so. Yeah, it's probably easier to take this way, but, but right now it's still, it's still pretty fresh wound. And, of course, John, you're joining us. You're up in Canada getting ready for the RBC Canadian Open at Glen Abbey Golf Club. And, you know, Matt looks like he's averaged around a score of 69 up there. So is it terrific to be playing this week, to turn the page, and, like you said, kind of erase this thing? Is that uh, perhaps a, a better scenario than – having a week off or so, uh, and, and you know, dwelling. And, of course, understandably so. Like you said, it's so tough to, w- to win a major championship. Yeah, I definitely think you're right on that. It's nice to be playing this week. Uh, you know, we're taking a couple of days off uh, yesterday and today, and then we'll get back at it tomorrow in the program. But it's nice to, to jump back into it and to get back into the rhythm of things and just be doing what we always do, uh, rather than sitting around at home, uh, you know, thinking about what could have been. So, I think you're exactly right. It's nice to be playing this week, and he's playing very well, fourth at the Scottish and, and second last week. So, um, and he likes his course, and he's playing well. So it's uh, it's nice to be keep keep the role going, hopefully. And John, how does this work? You know, we've all played like myself, right? As an amateur, you play with your buddies. 
you, you meet different people that you play golf with, and you try to be supportive and encouraging and what have you. You've worked, obviously, for a number of different uh, tour players, as we mentioned at the top. But how does that go as far as, like, understanding the chemistry, when the right time is to make a suggestion? Maybe even more importantly, when is the right time to give a player some space? How does that culture and team dynamic work? And how do you come to those types of, uh, whether it's spoken or even unspoken or tacit agreements on the course? That's a great question. Um, it varies player to player. Matt, Matt is a guy who's got such a great attitude and a, and a high golf IQ that, um, you know, we, we are a lot of, most of the time we're on the same page. And, and if we're not, um, in terms of the club selection or the shot, shot selection, um, you know, I'll, I'll have reasons for, for why I think it is what it is. And um, I'll say the wind is this, or, you know, we hit this club this far early in the round and it's the same direction. Um, so hopefully I've got information to back up my my belief, and ultimately it's his decision. If he you know he buys into what I'm saying um, and he trusts it, then yes, he'll go with mine. And if he doesn't, uh, he's free to absolutely hit the shot he's going to hit. He wants to hit. So, um, but in terms of reading of a player, like I said, it's different for anyone for every player, and um, you just got to kind of stay ahead of the game and don't get uh, caught up too much in what's right in front of you and think, okay, uh, here's what he's probably feeling and thinking. And you can read body language, read how he's talking to you, read how he's walking, um, if his rhythm has changed in terms of pre-shot routines, if it's faster or if it's slower. Um, you kind of read all that and kind of decide, okay, now's the time where I either need to say, hey, we're still in this, let's go, or, you know, Matt rarely needs a kick in the butt. It's more, you know, hey, remember who you are, know what you're doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's different for everyone, like I said, but you just got to read their body language and, and how, they're, how they're acting. And Matt, Matt was amazing all week long, just perfect routine all week, never got too up or too down. And um, with Matt, a lot of it's, you know, the time in between the shots. I know I'm rambling on here, but uh, the time in between the shots and when you're waiting, you know, you have some stories to tell. You have some talk about sports or politics or books you're reading. Um, just to keep the mind, you know, occupied on something else because nobody can concentrate for four or five hours straight. So you've got to take a little time off here and there to kind of plan things to talk about in between those shots. Now, that's an interesting point, John, that you're actually talking about things off topic, uh, you know, running the gamut, which I, I think most fans would kind would find kind of, kind of interesting that, uh, you, you know, you're, you're breaking down other stuff to kind of, uh, keep you know your your player relaxed. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's part of the job. You know, yeah. Um, like I said, nobody can concentrate for five hours straight. You just can't do it. So, so I think you know they kind of click in when you're ready to hit the shot and get focused. Great, but when you get those, you know, especially like on the 13 when we had a half hour there to stand around, we had to you know come up with some stuff to talk about. And you know, we talked about his family or about another sport or. Or like I said, a book or, or politics or something that we've read. So uh, it's always important to have those things to go to. In case you're just joining us, this is Horrendous Agenda. Our guest is John Wood, a PGA Tour caddy for Matt Kuchar. He's worked for Hunter Mayhan, Kevin Sutherland, Chris Riley, and Mark Kalkovecki. He's joining us from the RBC Canadian Open, which begins this week. And, John, I, I want to ask you about your preparation. You talked earlier about, the, of course, the advice that you're giving Matt and the other players you've worked for. And I think it's easy for fans to just turn on the TV 
uh, Thursday through Sunday and think you just show up and, and do it, right? But how does your preparation work, for example, like uh, for last week? Do you walk the course? Are you going through uh, the course manual? How, how, what is your preparation like in, 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 in the way to get ready so that you're on top of your game for your player? Yeah, I'll always walk the course once before Matt sees it. I, I think I hate it when if we're both seeing it at the same time for the first time, um, then there's some confusion in trying to decide. So I like to get a walk around, uh, decide what clubs we're probably going to hit off some tees, uh, what lines we're going to hit take off the tees, um, figure out certain wind directions, if it changes, how the hole's going to play. Um, you know, look around the greens and think about where we can, you know, if we are in trouble, where can we get a ball up and down from. Um, what spots are, are dead that you just don't want to be for any reason, and just kind of develop a game plan. Um, and then what we'll do is after that, you know, I'll make all my notes and, and thoughts and write them all down in my yardage book, and then we'll play a practice round. And we'll go over everything, you know, talk about all the shots, all the greens. Um, if you have different ideas, we'll try those out, you know, for the whole. And then, you know, we've usually got two or three practice rounds, especially for a major, to kind of iron things out and, by Thursday, we pretty much know what's going on and what, what our plans going to be. And then typically at a major, uh, not, a, not at a regular event, but at a major, I'll usually walk it again Wednesday night uh, just to kind of settle everything in and unlock everything in and make sure I'm not uh, missing anything out there uh, just to be ready to go. And, and what you want out there when you want the gun is full confidence. Your player has to know that you are confident in the advice you're giving him. You're not hemming and hawing. You're not pausing. You're not thinking about the question he asks you. You are ready and immediately have an answer. Um, because these guys are so good. If they're confident in the shot they're hitting and they believe in it, they're going to hit a good shot 95% of the time. Most of the mistakes come when there's um, some questions, some, uh, some doubt in their head when they're over the shot. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my typical preparation for a tournament. And, John, of course, you were a terrific player. You played in college at Cal. What is the answer that you give? I'm sure you're stopped all the time, and I'm going to be guilty of it right now. For amateur <laughs> players looking for a tip, what what is the advice that you – obviously, you haven't seen my swing. It's probably a good thing. And I know that, that, you know, this is kind of an unfair question. But what is your standard response when uh, the audacious, insatiable appetite – for people like myself to bring the handicap down, what do you usually tell them? What tips do you give them? It's not much fun, but if you just want to bring your handicap down, all you should do is chip and pot. Just chip and pot until there's no tomorrow. Because those are the physical capabilities these guys have, most amateurs don't have. I mean, nobody in an, as an amateur can hit a ball like Dustin Johnson. But there's no reason you couldn't be able to hit a chip shot and a putt exactly like Matt Kuchar. There's no physical reason why not. So, you know, it's not the fun. I mean, a lot of us like to sit on the driving range and just bang drivers and have some fun. But if you just want to lower your handicap, I would say chip, chip and putt as much as you can. Get lucky chipping and putting. Um, and you'd be amazed how many strokes come off your handicap very, very quickly. Yeah, there you go. The old adage, driving for show, putting for dough. And, 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 John, what makes for a good caddy? If I woke you up at 3 in the morning and I, you know, played word association, what, what characteristics make a good caddy? And what makes you a good caddy? What what, what would you say? Well, gosh, I would say uh, preparation um, and, and just and confidence. You know, I'm 
I've been doing this a long time, and I'm not saying I'm the greatest guy in the world. I'm sure I'm not, but um, I have a lot of confidence in, in what I'm doing out there and what I what I say to it, and that's through preparation. So um, I think staying ahead of your player's class, what is he going to need next? Um, have the answer for him. Before he even ask, before he even know he wants to ask a question, you should have those answers. So I'd say preparation and just confidence in how you talk to him. Excellent. Well, John, it's been terrific having you on Horrendous Agenda. It's John Wood. You follow him on Twitter at John Wood, W-O-U-L-D. He's Matt Kuchar's caddy. He's worked for Hunter Mahan, Kevin Sutherland, Chris Riley, and Mark Kalkovecchia. A terrific player in his own right, a former Cal Golden Bear. John, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck to you and also to Matt, of course, up at the RBC Canadian Open this week. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You can follow Bill on Twitter at Bill Horrenda and catch him daily on the KFBK Morning News.